Hey, I'm Bradley. And I'm Charlie. And this is Gay AF. If it sounds gay, we're probably going to talk about it. From grinder woes and our gay icons to LGBT plus issues and all things G-A-Y. Ah, oh, as if. Oh gosh, you're fine, me, Tara! Well, it's going to be a little bit wet. Are you wearing the, sh- the Chanel boots? Chanel! This dress is dry clean only, Melanie. Oh, I just want to be me. Not today, Satan. Not today. But I can't help it that I'm popular. Go away, you adulterer! Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? Are you ain't my mother! Yes, I am! I started to wonder, and I wondered, which led me to wonder. Who is she? No wire hangers! I have my career. I am the queen of Kappa Kappa Tau. Bring back my girls. How you doing? Hi, Bradley. Hi, Charlie. How you doing? I'm doing so good. Um, Yeah, just, you know, 12th of April has been and gone. The shops are open. The world is back to what some people are calling some sense of normality. <laughs> I'm excited, to be fair. I'm really glad things are slowly reopening. I actually haven't been to a shop or a pub yet, though, but I'm kind of, I'm defo keen for it. I mean, just a heads up to anyone that fancies going to Westfield, don't. <laughs> Not a nice <laughs> experience. Um, but yeah, I think before we start, we should obviously we've had some sad news in the reality TV world this week, and um, our dearest Nikki Graham has sadly passed away, um, and it's devastating. She's been like I literally remember watching her entrance into Big Brother live. Like it's just I think not just gay people, but also like so many people adore her for how outlandish and how herself she was so even though we're not talking about tv today um i think it's good to acknowledge that she is a legend and um she will be very missed i agree she is a true icon and i was so sad to hear the news i think when you think of reality tv you do think of someone like nikki graham and i think her legacy will kind of carry on like that that she really was kind of an incredible incredible person yeah but yeah, so we love you, Nikki. Um, but yeah, we have um, we're gonna we're gonna lighten the mood a little bit now because we are gonna talk about some TV. No, we're not talking about TV. <laughs> Don't try that again. <laughs> we're gonna be talking about movies, aren't we? Yeah. So in this episode, we want to talk about some of the um, gay cult classics that we love and adore, as well as talking about. LGBTQ plus representation in films in general. And we're also going to be giving you some recommendations on LGBT plus films that you can watch. Yeah. So why don't you kick it off, Bradley, and talk about some of the favourite um, gay cult classics that you love? Um, I mean, so it's, it, I guess it all depends on what you reference as a gay cult classic. Right. Um, but I, I think like one of the first movies I remember seeing in the cinema when I was younger um, and definitely like our gay icons now, I would say. I was a big Steps fan, but also a big S Club fan. Um, and S Club seeing double, I think <laughs> it's like an iconic movie those tracksuits that the clones wear just wear everything um and I'm such a big Rachel Stevens fan even to this day so you know have to mention seeing double but it was films like that that was just so bonkers and ridiculous a bit like Spice World like it's just like so out there when it comes to the story but it doesn't matter because it's this pop group that you'd never think would be making a film about 
some random evil scientist cloning them and the music like I still literally listen to who do you think you are every week like 100 percent um but yeah I was a seeing double was like an early movie for me yeah. that I loved as like as what I would call one of my gay classic movies um but in more recent years I I mean my favorite film of all time which is so controversial is definitely La La Land. And I know so many people turn their nose up at that because they're like, really? Like Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling can't even sing. And I'm like, why don't you just back off for a second? Like, <laughs> I do a fine job. Um, but just something like, I think La La Land, when I think of like my Instagram aesthetic, for example, like there's a certain way I want it to look as much as it's nowhere near as beautiful as yours, Charlie. Oh, there's, a, you. there's a certain way I want it to look. And like, um, the way I write my captions, like I put a lot of thought even into like the aesthetic of that. So when it comes to a film like La La Land that I just thought was so crisp and perfectly done and rounded off when it comes to story, um, the visuals, the music and um, the score, it was just for me, just a perfect movie. And obviously it's a musical and we all know us gays love a musical, um, like dancing on a freeway in Los Angeles that they actually shut off for like six hours, making LA traffic even worse than it is in the first place. is just like a gold star for me. So yeah, La La Land was definitely like a big one for me. I am. Um, I watched the film on a plane, so I don't feel like I've had the full experience. You I watched it once? Yeah, I need to watch it again. What? I literally watch it like at least once a month. At least once a month. I will say though, I'm talking about the musical thing. I'm pretty sure one of the scenes was inspired by West Side Story, which, um, yeah, inspired by, yeah. I think it's the opening where they're sort of dancing through California and they're, there's certain dance moves that are like kind of, yeah, inspired by America, by West Side oh. Story, which as a gay guy, I was like, love that. Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely. But yeah, I think like La La Land is definitely up there for me. Another one that I do have to shout out, um, because for some reason, I don't know why this is a thing. I don't know if this is all gay guys that think this, but um, I'm a big J-Law fan, like big Jennifer Lawrence um, buff, literally love every movie she's ever been in and will love every movie she's ever in. Um, apart from American Hustle, that was a bit weird, but um, Silver Linings Playbook, I remember reading that book because I knew she was going to be in it and then going to watch the movie in the cinema and just was like, oh my God, this is so good. But when I say to people that Silver Linings Playbook is one of my favourite films, especially gay guys on apps and stuff, they're like, oh, um, so you're a Silver Linings gay. And I'm like, this movie is about depression and like um, bipolar and like not really understanding who you are. And I'm like, what are you trying to say to me when you say you're a silver linings gay? Because that just, that just encompasses a whole load of things that I'm really hoping I'm not expressing on a dating app at first impression. When you, once you get to know me, we can talk about all those things later on, but you know what I mean? I haven't seen it. I don't know even what oh, I'm talking about, sorry. but I need to go away because I didn't even understand how you could be a silver linings gay. What does that even mean? It's I right. Depression, bipolar, and not understanding who you are. <laughs> so not, not the best combination of things. But You're like, oh my God, rude, but also correct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. He, he speaks truth, he speaks truth. Um, but yeah, the last one I think I want to shout out for me is, and I'm hoping you've seen this because this is a classic. Well, I think it's like a modern classic. It's Crazy Rich Asians. Um, I have, yeah. It's just, I, it's on Netflix now, isn't it? Yeah, it's recently yeah. on Netflix. I think it was on Prime before. Um, 
but yeah, like again, similar to La La Land for me, this perfect like love story. Not perfect as in the actual story. It's imperfectly perfect. I think that's the way I put it. Um, but the fact it was one of Hollywood's first box office, if not the first box office success, that was a full Asian cast was just like, as somebody who is um, part of a diverse and minority community in the LGBTQ plus community, it was so refreshing to see um, the Asian community get their um, standout moment, especially in a story that is so beautifully told as Crazy Rich Asians. Um, so again, I think the movies I've just listed there, as much as you do have your cult gay classics, I think at the end of the day, you can almost decide what they are as well. It doesn't It doesn't come down to what somebody else labels as a gay cult classic necessarily. It can be whatever the hell you want it to be, as long as it means something to you and you enjoy it as a gay guy for whatever reason, you know? I think there are just those films, aren't there, where it's like, as a gay guy, please go and see this because you are just going to enjoy it in yeah. a very sort of unique way. I think um, two films that come to mind for me in that sense are Mummy Dearest and Death Becomes Her, which I think have very similar energy, basically. Yeah. So I don't know if you've seen them either. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> Yours sound um, way more like cult classic than mine do. I'm just like, I'm chucking anything out of the bag. Um. I mean, when I first saw Mummy Dearest, I was just like, this is everything. Now, for those who don't know, it's a biopic about Joan Crawford. And um, so many iconic quotes and moments from the film. And what's really interesting is like the film or like Joan Crawford alone has been referenced so much in in sort of like popular culture that I then was like oh I understand that reference now so drag queens have done jo Joan Crawford on like Snatch Game so it was like oh I now understand like the characterization more yeah and one of the most full circle moments which I think is the most gayest mood ever so you know how in the intro there's the quote where um Joan is like no wire hangers basically yeah so Joan Crawford was known for not wanting her clothes to be on wire hangers um really? yeah um I'm such a bad guy <laughs> she's such a dealer yeah low-key iconic um but there was this music video by victoria beckham the song's called let your head go and in the video i think victoria beckham is just kind of referencing lots of different things and she grabs this wire hanger and she like shakes it really angrily and i just never thought anything on it of it so when I then watched the film and like saw um, Faye Dunaway like quote the famous line, no wire hangers. I was like, oh my God, I get it. I get the Victoria Beckham reference. <laughs> like it was just such Love a it. full circle moment. And I was like, oh my Jesus Christ, this is the yeah. gayest thing I've ever experienced in my life. And I suck dick for a living. So just <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, no, cut that out. <laughs> So, and it was really interesting watching Feud as well, where Jessica Lange plays Joan and just seeing like a different take on the character. Um, would really recommend that. Who, well. is, who co stars with Jessica Lange in that? Um, Susan Sarandon right. as, as Betty Davis. Yeah, it's so good. Um, so, yeah, I think overall it's just such a good film. Um, Death Becomes Her, again, same energy. It's so camp. It's about two women who take a potion to like look 
<laughs> amazing and like stay young. It's just like the most campest thing in the world. And what I love about that film is I remember seeing that on TV when I was like really young and watching it and just being like, oh my God, I fucking love this. Why do I love this so much? There's obviously a reason. And I remember like watching it with my family and then being like, this story is ridiculous. Like this, like it's so, obviously it's a made up story, but I was just like, no, I believe this. I believe that like there is going to be a potion out there to keep people young. And it's just watching Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn basically like battle it out. It's just brilliant. And you're like, no, it's actually called uh, The Body Shop, Himalayan Black Tarp. <laughs> <laughs> if only that um, did, 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 did it. <laughs> it's so funny. There's actually an opening scene, the opening scene of that film. Um, Meryl's kind of like a washed up Broadway star type of character. How have I not and seen this movie? You need to see it. And she basically performs this song. I think the musical in the film is called Songbird. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I low-key think they need to make songbird a real musical or make death becomes her a musical because the opening is just it's iconic it's so good um yeah i feel like we both need to go away and do homework for we like do we've both given ourselves like and if you're listening and you haven't watched any of these also go do your homework and let us know what you think i think death becomes has just come up come on netflix because i've seen a lot of gays on twitter posting that they're like finally really? watching it for the first time and i'm like yes amazing yeah so go watch it i do want to give a shout out as well to spice world um that green VHS, it's so nostalgic to me. Like, if y'all remember that green VHS, like, you know what I'm talking about. Such a good film. Like, I remember watching that growing up and just being absolutely obsessed. Me and my sister would sort of reenact the film and play the characters, and I was always Victoria, which I think just speaks. I love that. That just says everything, doesn't it? No um, other. Yeah, I have a really funny story. So in the intro, you know, we have the quote of when she sort of falls off the bow and she's like, yeah. this dress is dry clean only, Melanie. I was <laughs> in Magaluf, lol. And uh, me and my friends were on, did like a sort of um, water sports thing on these like rubber dinghies. Yeah. And I fell off, I fell off it. And I was in the ocean on my own. And I just said, like, straight out, this dress is dry clean only, <laughs> Melanie. No one around. And I was just like, Oh, no one appreciated the reference or the joke. And I was then just like in the ocean with this life jacket being like, help, come back. Oh my God, I love that. I bet like all the fear just went away because you were just thinking, I am Victoria Beckham everywhere. Yeah, this is my moment type of thing. (laughs) So Charlie, this is quite a um, deep, a deep conversation that we're about to enter into um, because there is this ongoing battle in Hollywood where straight men get the opportunity to play gay men in big Hollywood productions. Um, And I think there are huge opportunities now in a lot of stories compared to what there were um, years ago in visual media for gay people to express themselves through these stories and show the evolution of um, their journeys, et cetera, et cetera. But we have this issue with gay, uh, straight men constantly being cast as gay men. Um, and in my opinion, if you're not going to cast a gay man as a gay character, don't bother. There's no, there's no point in that. But let's jump into a conversation. Um, what's your opinions on this, Charlie? And uh, let's talk about some examples as well. I think the thing is with this, the debate is quite problematic because I think when we spoke about this or I've spoken about this with other people. It's not like people are saying that straight people can't play gay characters and vice versa, you know. Um, It's just a sense of 
how we as a gay audience may feel Mm. and I think personally for me if a film is touching on very strong LGBT plus themes um you know let's use coming out for an example you know no one's denying the fact that a straight man is going to be like able to play that you know if he's a really good actor he's going to be able to dig deep and give a good performance however he doesn't know what that feels like to come out and there are many gay actors who do who perhaps actually would be able to really dig into their own sort of personal experiences to then give a really authentic performance and I think that's where the issue lies because I think for us it can feel you can feel almost cheated because you can be like as much as you're giving this incredible performance you actually don't know what this feels like you haven't experienced this and I yeah it's that kind of feeling of like oh I wonder if there was a gay actor who would have really liked to have done that role and And it definitely is yeah and I think you know I think the overall arc is that the best person should get the job, the best actor should get the job, but then it does beg the question, how many gay actors are being brought into the audition room? Yeah. Let's say it was very diverse in that sense, but actually it was the straight actor who did the better audition, then maybe it should go to them. But I think that's where the problem lies, is that we don't really know what's going on behind the scenes there. Um, And... I think for me, I would just like to see, like, it's great to see, you know, gay characters in film, but then to see gay actors play those characters would be even more amazing as well. Um, And it's not unachievable. It's not like, it's not that there aren't gay actors out there, you know? And I've, I've seen comments before, well, then why can't, a gay why can a gay person play a straight person but the focus of that straight person's story isn't necessarily about their romantic storyline whereas a lot of the time the whether whether they're a background character or a or a front runner the storyline is very predominantly about their sexuality so um it's interesting you say that because I think doing some reading before this episode just to kind of get an idea of what people in the industry are saying there can be sort of very different differentiating opinions so Russell T Davis for example I was just reading something about how he he doesn't want someone to act gay he wants them to act as a lover act as an enemy act as a a criminal for example so if that character is going to be gay he doesn't want someone to act gay he wants them just to be gay I suppose is what he's saying but then I was also reading a gay actor talk about how he doesn't like taking roles that where the character's main arc or defining sort of um, trait is that he is gay. He wants to play characters, you know, a more diverse sort of range of characters. So I suppose in that sense, it's kind of like, it could be a personal preference from an actor's perspective, but I do think overall directors or casting agents, whatever they're called, I'm not really an industry person. (laughs) (laughs) They need to be doing the better job at being more inclusive and allowing more um you know members of the community a chance to audition and be considered for these roles um I think we we both want to talk about James Corden in the prom and I think this is the issue it's when it's not even necessary when gay actors take on um gay storylines it's the traits and the characteristics that I that bothers me so when you have James Corden playing a very feminine man and he's very camp and he's doing certain 
hand movements. He's changed the way he speaks in his voice. That's stuff that I've been bullied for, mm-hmm. you know, and now a straight man is like almost doing a caricature of a gay stereotype and it just doesn't sit right with me. I just feel like you don't understand what you're doing with that. And it, it can just read a little bit insensitive and it's like, oh, you know, I've been bullied and teased for speaking that way or holding myself like that or, you know, yeah. you know, with my wrist, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. So, and I just think, yeah, I'd feel more comfortable watching a gay person play that role than I would a straight, big blockbuster Hollywood actor. Yeah, I, so it's very frustrating with the prom because I actually, do you know what? Like I'm, I'm very indifferent and I, so I'm a big fan of the musical, quite a recent fan of the musical, like just before the film, the movie come out. But I think the soundtrack's amazing. I think it's such like a revolutionary musical with how, um, for anyone that doesn't know, the prom is about a high school girl called Emma um, wants to take her girlfriend to the prom, um, to the high school prom and the, the PTA doesn't allow her to do so. So some washed up Holly, um, Broadway actors come together to change lives and um, because they are out of work and they're not being respected to say, let's do something good. And initially they do it for their own benefit, but eventually they end up doing it for, for, the, for the right reasons and realizing that people need people like them to stand up for what's right. And yeah, they end up helping Emma like fight the PTA and the school board to um, allow her to go to the prom with this with her girlfriend. Um, and there's a lot of other stuff that go on in the musical as well, but James Corden's character, Barry, um, is this like, again, like a washed up Broadway star who's in his, I think like, I think he's supposed to be in his late forties. Um, and he's never properly been able to like love himself because his parents didn't accept who he was. Now we all know James Corden is married to a woman with, um, with a kid living, living like a very straight life there are definitely other people that could have played this part. And I think my main issue with this is that Ryan Murphy cast James Corden. Now I didn't, when I, I actually went to see the movie in the cinema the week before we went into lockdown, cause it, it was on Netflix, but they released mm. it a week early in the cinema. And like I said, I was a big fan. So I watched it with my sister and I just sat there the whole time in awe because it's so beautifully done. It's a very great production. The, the singing, like it's Meryl Streep, Nicole Kidman, um, Joe Ellen Pellman, I want to say her name is the girl that plays Emma. Um, she was phenomenal. She was a newcomer, so phenomenal. You've got Ariana DeBose who plays um, the bullet in Hamilton. It was honestly a phenomenal cast and so good. And I left the cinema and I actually thought, you know what, James Corden actually did a good job of that. And then it took me a few days to realise that, hang on a second, what the hell? And I was blindsided by the fact that this was the prom. It was a Ryan Murphy production. And now on reflection, I watched it again. And like, don't get me wrong, I love the movie, but I just felt dirty watching someone like James Corden play this part. And he could, I, as much as he got offered this role, he is super famous now. Like he could have rejected mm. this role. There was no need for him to take on this part. Um, and I think in his standpoint, it's like people like Little Mix literally sitting completely naked with their body on show on like just hiding their dignity on an album artwork. That is an inspiration to young women to be able to feel comfortable in their bodies. We need a gay advocate playing a role like Barry who's who has his story to prove that 
you can break through these these norms, you know. And I just think I just think James Corden was like shrouded that completely, especially the fact that out of the whole cast, he was the one that got nominated for mm-hmm. Golden Globe. Meryl Streep didn't get nominated. Nicole Kidman, Joellen Pellman, none of them got nominated. It was just him. And it's like, why is this man out of the entire cast getting awarded and celebrated for something that he's not authentically pursuing, you know? I agree. I think the um, the issue for me is um, like what literally what you were saying is that if we are going to have this um, gay character, why not it be played by a gay actor who can just yeah. do it justice and have that extra layer to it? I think as well, I think it's very, um, it's so transparent. It's like you're paying James Corden big money because you know he's got like a big following so then you're going to get like bums on seats basically and that just then in turn feels really inauthentic it's like I just don't you know I don't want to see that I don't want to see this kind of casting just just so you can then get more people watching basically and it's had a reverse effect like that movie is for the gays and and that musical is for the gays and the gays hate it because of because of Mm. what it is now. There's a whole campaign now to stop casting James Corden in movie musicals. Stop. Why the hell is he in every single every single production? On like, I'm not being funny. It's not like he's the most talented actor out there. Yeah, he's a great writer, but it's not. I, there's so many other people out there. But I mean, we could literally make a whole podcast about the prom. Um, but I, I just really quickly, I did see as well. I saw um, a YouTuber. Um, did a review and she's a huge musical theatre fan and she was even saying that um, she felt the movie focused way more on the washed up Broadway characters because obviously they were sort of um, stunt cars with like big names and actually there was less um, screen time for the two main characters compared to the actual musical and I was like that's such a shame you know in its story it's an lgbtq plus you know theme that should have been the main focus and i i do appreciate they brought a newcomer in to sort of um play that role but yeah i just feel like in turn then it's like everyone's more like yay james corden and meryl streep are in this we'll give it a watch and then the kind of main focal point of the whole story gets kind of sidelined which i think is also a real shame it's definitely made me think twice about ryan murphy as a producer as well because I think he should know better after everything that he has produced over the last 10 years like come on right like you're I don't I'm pretty sure he's the yeah he's the only gay adult in the movie as well so I'm like come on give us someone else yeah but yeah I I think that's what's really interesting is that you know using Ryan Murphy as an example and I know this is more TV, but like, look what he did with Pose. Like, that is amazing. Um, yeah, when he did um, American Crime Story, he did the assassination of um, Versace. Um, he cast yeah. Darren Chris, and yeah. I think Darren Chris even came out and said that he, um, obviously, because he's played, um, I'm not gonna watch his face, Blaine, Blaine Glee. Yeah. You're like Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> um, he did Only come it's out. like Clane, um, Stan. You know. Yeah. He did sort of come out and sort of say how he doesn't want to be taking um, these roles from gay actors. But in the same time, I think he did say he was very grateful to be able to, you know, play those characters and felt um, 
well, I suppose the crime story one, he was a serial killer. So I don't know, but like with Blaine, he's I think he has sort of said he was really honored to sort of represent the community. You know what though? This is this is also such a good point because at the end of the day, there is there are allies and then there are people that aren't homophobic. Like Mm, yeah. Chris is an ally of the LGBTQ plus community 100% through and yeah. in every ounce of work he does he understands his fan base he um, fully supports the gay community in, like I said in every way James Corden hasn't even acknowledged the issues publicly yeah. about the prom and I'm like you you are literally just money spinning at this point like and it will it will I do think it will come back on him and it's definitely come back on Ryan Murphy because that movie was a big budget and it didn't even stay in the top 10 for more than two days on Netflix so I think that's the thing it's really finding the the fine line between appreciation and appropriation yeah Um, I was reading an article and like it did refer to it as like gay face basically you know this article basically said you wouldn't cast and it's kind of ironic because Ryan did this but you wouldn't cast an able-bodied person to then play a wheelchair user yeah so why would you cast a straight person for a gay character um you know it's really interesting I remember watching like Devil Wears Prada and thinking Stanley Tucci was gay because like his performance was so good I was like oh like this is and I when I found out I did feel a bit like Oh, a disappointment. I thought, I thought that was so woke that they cast this like gay actor in this, you know, gay role. And even in in the role itself, like um, I feel like with his character as well, like there was those really little nice moments where, um, do you remember the bit in the film where he sort of talks about all his brothers like um, playing sport and he's watching, yeah. um, not watching, reading magazines and stuff. And I was like, oh, like that's really cute. Like I wonder if like, Stanley that actually did happen to Stanley Tucci or like I know that definitely happened to me so then when I found out that wasn't true like sorry that he wasn't um yeah 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 I was just like oh I like we we don't we we've said this before that like we don't just want to fawn over straight men like it's nice to have like if we're if there's a gay character that we want to like invest that like oh yeah he's good looking like give us a gay guy to do that to like Colton Underwood has literally just come out from The Bachelor and I'm like now my fantasies are even more true than they were before you know <laughs> so I think that's the thing as well like um with um LGBT like Q plus films like when you watch sort of like um what would you call them not like underground but sort of um not the opposite of mainstream basically yeah um indie, indie. yeah there is like like I said I'm not in the industry <laughs> there's like there's more representation I feel I think you see it more yeah. um so like they they the films are out there but then I just think like oh like if you are you know producing this mainstream blockbuster you know like look at Love Simon for example like that was really sort of like I don't know, it's a really key moment, I think, in, like, movie progression. Gay cinema, yeah. Yeah, but he, they didn't cast a gay actor to play Simon. So it's just, like, ah, you really miss an opportunity there to just, like, take it that one step further and really give that. Um, so with, something, with something like Love, Simon, you see, I do have a... I have a little bit more lenience because it was, what, four years ago, I want to say, at this point? So, like, maybe... Came out when we were at Disney, didn't it? yeah. Maybe only like three years ago, but still, like then that was like probably five years since they made the the casting call and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And the world is every year that goes by, we are one step closer to some sense of like equality and like progression. 
And I do think that the movie might not have performed as well if they had given a gay story to a gay person from homophobic slash certain straight people that might not give the film a time of day if it is a gay character, a gay actor slash spokesperson. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm not excusing that, like, that they shouldn't have cast a gay guy in that but I think that might have been Hollywood's excuse of casting a straight guy and he also I, Nick Robinson has also acknowledged the fact that he's playing a gay a gay guy and um, he did use the whole my brother came out as gay and now I feel like I can understand mm-hmm. what he's been through and I'm like hun like I get what you're saying but still think about the people that could have played this character as well you know I do you know I have a love-hate relationship with that film because I loved it and reacted very I was you know really emotional seeing those scenes especially with um oh my god what's her name the actress is it Jennifer Garner yeah Jennifer Garner so so well done um but there were just certain moments where I was just like "Mm, I didn't like that like there's that scene where I think he's there's that kind of um montage of where he's at uni and they're like they're playing Whitney and then he's like oh, dancing. The dodgeball one. Oh no 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 yeah, oh, yeah yeah. And then he goes, oh not that gay. And I'm like, oh like I know that's meant to be tongue in cheek, but I just felt a bit like, what about the gays that do like dancing yeah. to Whitney and stuff? I just think like, and again as a straight actor, then delivering that line, it just makes me feel uncomfortable. You know, we know we make jokes about things being gay or like that sounds gay, like you know, kind of that's our tagline. If it sounds gay, we're going to talk about it. But I think as gay men, it kind of it's acceptable when a straight person says oh that's so gay it's like there's a different undertone there and I think that's the issue I had with the film also just a real sidetrack um how the hell is he meeting this really cute guy off gmail (laughs) (laughs) like like come on like let's be real and I know it's meant to be like a rom-com and like you know, they're not based on truth, but I was like, where's Grinder? Where are the <laughs> where are the gross dick pics that I had to put up with? You know, that, that you know, that weren't happening for me when I came out. Also, Disney had oh, I I well, I it's a Disney production now, I think, but like Disney had such a chance to turn this around as well, and then they casted Victor cast Victor as a straight guy as well. And I was like, come on, give us a break. Also, I just like the way I see it is you wouldn't cast Zach Efron as seaweed and hairspray. So why the hell are we casting Nick Robinson mm-hmm. as Simon and Love Simon? You know, like there is there's a there's people out there that deserve the opportunity to play these iconic roles that are a part of gay cinema and LGBT visual media. And we're still behind in the times of giving people the opportunity. I think that's the kind of a good conclusion is that no one's saying that straight people can't play gay characters. We just want gay people to have more opportunity to audition and be considered. That's where I think the issue lies. Okay, so in this last segment, we want to give... um, everyone some recommendations of lgbtq plus films that we have watched recently or just in general um i have watched quite a few actually in the past um few months it was one of my new year's resolutions actually to try and watch more lgbtq plus films but why don't you kick it off Bradley? do you have any recommendations for our listeners um, yeah do you know there's a there was a film that i watched quite a few years ago now um it was a James Franco production and I'm pretty sure James Franco's straight so maybe this is like a bit controversial but there's a movie called King Cobra have you seen oh, no, I watched that I watched that 
um, a few weeks ago. Did you? It's yeah. very raunchy, very raunchy. But um, it's a really good, I thought it was a really good insight into um, the gay porn industry. Um, and Derek Clayton, isn't it? Yeah. And what, yeah. what character does he play? It's like a really famous porn star. <laughs> Brett Corrigan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he knows. <laughs> um, but yeah, like the, basically Brent Corrigan's like story into like the gay porn industry. Mm. It's a really, really cool um, movie. And it's literally just been put on Netflix recently. So um, highly recommend that. And also I'm sure most people have seen this, but Moonlight is also a really good um, movie that tackles so many different avenues um, when it comes to diversity um, in race and sexuality um poverty so that's another really good one but yeah I mean I think it's, it's frustrating because when I do think of like what gay movies are there there's not enough you know I don't think there isn't there are enough and I'm sure that you've 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 got a few to talk about as well but there needs there needs to be more explicit stories and where it doesn't have to be about coming out for the first time mm. or like or targeting the journey of a gay person but it can be about like why can't we have legally blonde about a gay person you know like we can have these cult movies um where we just watch a gay person living their life without having to make it a whole song and dance about how they got there like we can we can appreciate that through backstory but let's let's also start to normalize things a little bit as well while acknowledging the journey they've been on through some other medium then oh it was so hard for me because yeah we we know it's hard as gay people we've all been there and done that but we can acknowledge that along with enjoying another story as well rather than just focusing every story on the journey to where they are now you know I agree. I think like I think those films are important to deal with those kind of themes, but it's kind of like why why can we not have a gay movie and the storyline is that I don't know one of them turns out to be a wizard or something. I don't yeah, know. you know what I mean. Like it's that kind of thing where it all representation is great, um, or like you know any kind of representation is, is really good, but it's just taking that one step further. Yeah. You know, like that actor was saying, like he actually turns down parts where the main defining arc of the character is his sexuality. And I get that, like he is more than just being gay. You know, there are other things that he may want to try as an actor. You know, he might yeah. want to do a storyline about a recovering drug addict that has nothing to do with his sexuality. Mm-hmm. That's just really random that I just said that, but yeah. Um, as you can tell, not 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 a filmmaker, you know, that <laughs> turn into a wizard doesn't sound like a good film to me. I'm here for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and also not to be contradictory, because I know obviously in the last segment we were talking about um, our sort of views on straight actors playing gay characters. I do think having obviously gay characters in mainstream film is really good so you know films like Love Simon you know I'm sure a lot of people have seen Call Me By Your Name which is honestly like oh I just got shivers saying it because it and I know there's a lot of scandal now around Archie Hammer um but that ending girl oh my god like I don't want to like like this is gonna be a spoiler alert because I want to talk about the plot but something I really loved about the story was how the relationship they had was just this summer fling and um, Archie Hammer's character had to go back to his sort of like normal life and um, it was kind of just this very short-lived experience and that scene where Timothy Chalamet sort of crying into the fireplace because it's over I was just like oh this is just so real you know like 
the fact that they've just had this summer romance and it's been like really sort of intense and then it's just kind of they can't go it can't go any further than that for them because yeah. of the time you know they can't come out and be you know um proud and be a couple like they had to settle with like having this experience in secret and I think that was just really really interesting to watch and sort of think wow like that's all it could have been for them in the context of the film as well um there is um a few movies that I've seen on Netflix as well recently that I want to give like a shout out to so I recently watched um Handsome Devil um which is a really cute film um it's got Fionn Shea in it who was in Normal People Oh. I've forgotten his character, but he played that really annoying boyfriend of Marianne. Oh, uh, what is his name? The one who was just really, yeah. Really know, yeah, know, yeah. But um, yeah, again, something I realised about this film is that it, it actually focused on two gay men as friends. Um, so this new boy joins a um, private school and he ends up sharing with Fionn's character and um, the character gets teased profusely for... Um, potentially being gay, um, which is high key relatable. Um, and he, they sort of befriend each other and become really good friends. And it's kind of about that, which is, I think it's really nice. Like they don't have any like romantic relationship or anything. Yeah. And it's really interesting to navigate, like watch them navigate that. Um, so would really recommend that. One film I want to also shout out, it's called Philadelphia. Um, it's got Tom Hanks in it. Mm. Um, so again, obviously a straight actor playing a gay character but it's still a really good film so it's about a really um successful lawyer who um unfortunately contracts the hiv virus and he, he gets fired for it basically he gets fired for having hiv and it's basically his battle sort of um with the company that fired him it's a huge sort of like court case sort of film and yeah it was just a real real insight into that experience and it was extremely extremely emotional to watch I actually watched it after it's a sin because I wanted just to see what other like if there were any mo movies about the AIDS yeah. crisis and that came up and I was like oh this looks um you know like worth a watch Tom Hanks is a really good actor as well yeah. so um yeah it's called Philadelphia I would really recommend watching that as well really hard-hitting to watch though the ending was really really sad well, on, on the, like, on that side of things, when it comes to the AIDS crisis, like, there's a lot of documentaries as well that doesn't necessarily focus on the HIV that somebody has contracted and then um, led to AIDS, but has has discussed how they hid away and didn't tell anyone about how, um, like, the disease that they had because they didn't want to risk losing their job or losing their credibility like there's a ha I don't know if you've seen the Howard documentary on Disney plus um but he is like the composer for Beauty and the Beast and like a bunch of other Little Mermaid and a bunch of other um maybe I've got those wrong but I'm pretty sure they're right and um and yeah like he died of AIDS um and didn't tell anyone about it until pretty much his last days because it was so taboo and it wasn't mm. allowed so it's 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 rough and it's so good that these things are being spoken about now and almost I don't want to say normalizing but they are it's about not defining yourself by the things that you're living with you know what was really interesting about that film was it was just his journey just this one person um 
it didn't even, there was actually no mention of the aid crisis, basically. He just had it. And mm. um, you know how, you know, for example, in It's a Sin, there's a lot of context around what was going on politically with that. Um, and you really got to sort of like, um, see how the crisis affected the community in London, especially at the time. Whereas this was just more like a very personal journey. It was just all about him. And um, it was just, yeah, it was really, really sort of like, I suppose immersive in that way. Cause then like, you know, someone who's researched about the crisis and seen certain TV shows or documentaries, you see how it affected like the whole community. Yeah. But it was really different to watch how it just affected this one person and how it, how it affected his life in the context of him being fired. And it was then really sort of, um, it made me go away and think, wow, like this was a, you know, a huge thing that affected so many people, but it obviously affected everyone so individually and separately. Yeah. So that was quite an interesting take on it, I thought. Oh, I've just thought of another one. Um, this film called Jonas on Netflix as well. Um, it's a French film. I think it's the first international film I may have watched. Um, and Parasite? No, sorry. <gasps> I'm just not a movie buff. I'm really sorry. Like, it's terrible, I know. We'll I'm the kind of person who's watched Spice World 10 times but hasn't watched Parasite. Come on, culture. Like, God, <laughs> my life out. It's hard to sort of talk about without revealing the plot too much, but it's split in two parts. So you see, like, um, Jonas as an adult and then Jonas as, a like, a high school student and how he meets this guy basically in high school and how that guy then changes his life and you see how it's impacted him in the future, Ooh. but you're not really sure why. And then it reveals at the end kind of, like, what happened. Um <laughs> It was really, there's a scene where like, as an adult, he's on Grindr and he's going to this hookup. I think that's what I mentioned in like a, one of the recent episodes, that film where like, he goes to the hotel room and it's not the, uh, the guy who was on the app, it's a catfish. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was really just, it was really like kind of cool though to see Grindr in a film. And it was like the really, really old version as really? well. It was just like, oh, this is really funny. Like <laughs> just kind of knowing what that is like, <laughs> or, like yeah. how that can be a potential fear type thing. I feel like we definitely have some films that we should get away and watch as well. Still, we hope for more and more representation in the um, Hollywood scene in the uh, near future. But yeah, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and have a nice day. Bye. Bye. Bye.